On today's episode, the Chicago Blackhawks are officially in offseason mode. I'll go over some key dates to keep in mind for the offseason, plus the Rockford Icehogs sneaking into the Calder Cup playoffs. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, April 18th. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman2, or you could also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And real quick, whether you're a first-time listener of the show or a consistent listener and just haven't done so already, please make sure to go and show some support real quick. Please go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's 100% for free and really does help me out tremendously. While you're there, make sure to smash that like button, comment down below, and turn on those push notifications so that you can get notified when the episode gets uploaded to YouTube each and every day. For you audio listeners, you can also follow along 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast. You can also go and leave me a review on either Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, which I would greatly appreciate as well. I really, really thank you all for all of the support. All right, enough of that. Good morning, everyone. As always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. And thank you all for making the show your very first listen here to start off your day. Of course, the Chicago Blackhawks are now in off-season mode. The Stanley Cup playoffs actually started last night. The Chicago Blackhawks, of course, will not be taking part in that with their loss to the Philadelphia Flyers in the season finale, a 5-4 overtime loss in Jonathan Taze's farewell tour at the United Center. That put the Blackhawks 30th in the NHL standings. Officially, they couldn't get some help from the Columbus Blue Jackets on the final day of the season. They end up losing to the Buffalo Sabres in regulation, clinching the 31st spot in the standings, while the Anaheim Ducks secured the best percentage chance of landing the number one overall pick in the 2023 draft lottery by losing their final 12 games of the season. So the Blackhawks, listen, they did uh, their best effort to try and tank and get that number one overall pick or the best chance of getting the number one overall pick. I should say they dropped 12 of their final 14 games this season. It's just the Ducks did the tank a little bit better. The Blue Jackets kept on a roaring pace there at the end. They ultimately end up finishing in the 31st spot due to the tiebreaker. They had as many points as the Blackhawks did, but Chicago had more regulation and overtime wins. So with the Blackhawks officially finishing 30th in the NHL standings, that gives them an 11.5% chance of landing the top overall pick in the 2023 NHL draft. They also have an 11.5% chance of selecting second overall, and they are guaranteed to be picking somewhere between number one and number five. With the Ducks finishing in last place, that gives them a 25.5% chance of that number one overall pick, while the uh, Blue Jackets have a 13.5% chance. So it was still all going to come down to ping pong balls regardless, folks. Yes, we would have liked to have the best odds, the best chance at getting that number one overall pick. Don't get me wrong, 
but it was going to come down to the luck of the bounce regardless. And as I mentioned, the Blackhawks certainly did their best uh, to try and finish dead last. It's just, you know, another team lost their final 12 games. The Blackhawks lost 12 of their last 14. Don't be mad at this Blackhawks team or mad at Kyle Davidson or mad at Luke Richardson. It really just doesn't make sense. Players don't tank. The front office can tank all they want. These players on the ice were giving it their full effort uh, right until the final whistle of the entire season. And hey, while that is frustrating in terms of the tank, it has to have you feel good feeling good about what we have as a head coach in Luke Richardson. If he's able to push the right buttons and keep his players aggressive and active when there's nothing left to be playing for. It's the final games of the season. The Blackhawks have been eliminated from playoff contention since, you know, January, basically. But Luke Richardson's squad, the effort was there night in and night out. Sure, sometimes they got outskilled and that led to five to one, six nothing losses. But more often than not, they were in a lot of games here down the stretch with a subpar roster. So even though it was frustrating for the tank. I do think that's one positive to keep in mind as we move forward here throughout this rebuild. But with the Blackhawks, of course, now being in offseason mode, we know where they sit heading into the NHL draft lottery. Uh, they also had their exit interviews on Friday following that game against the Philadelphia Flyers. And there were a couple of things that were mentioned there in those exit interviews that I wanted to go over here on the podcast. First, it really seems like Alex Stalock is aware of the situation that the Blackhawks have in net right now and knows that it's unlikely that he's going to be coming back to Chicago. Of course, Stalock, in true hockey player fashion, made sure to thank the Chicago Blackhawks for taking a chance on him after, you know, missing a full season of hockey. There were obviously doubts about whether or not he was going to be able to play professionally ever again. The Blackhawks took a chance on him. Funny enough, I recall when the Blackhawks first signed Alex Stalock, everyone was like, oh, this is going to be the perfect backup for the tank. He put up pretty bad numbers in his final year with the Wild, then missed the entire season. Pretty much a huge question mark gamble that the Blackhawks were taking. The reason they probably did that is because they thought Stalock was going to help out in the tank. Turns out he winds up being one of the best NHL, NHL goaltenders when he was healthy this season, a really big bounce back year for Alex Stalock. I'm sure there's going to be another NHL club willing to take a chance on him. It just There's just not really the room here in Chicago. Looking what they have in net already lined up for next season. Peter Morazic is still under contract. Don't think the Hawks are going to be buying him out considering they need to reach the salary cap floor. So that pretty much pencils him in as the starter. I think it's just about that time for Arvid Soderbloom to make the jump and become a full-time NHLer if he, you know, has a good postseason run here, puts together a good training camp next year. All signs point towards he being the backup, and then that would leave Jackson Stauber and Drew Camesso as the one-two tandem down in Rockford. So it's just hard to picture exactly where Alex Stalock fits into the mix. Uh, and I think he even recognizes that and realizes his time with the Blackhawks is going to come to an end after just one year. Also, I definitely wanted to mention Caleb Jones sending a little bit, a little bit of a subliminal shot towards former Blackhawks head coach Jeremy Colleton. Caleb said, uh, talking about head coach Luke Richardson. He said, and I quote, when Richardson came in the first day of camp, he just put a good structure in place. That was something we didn't really have as a team my first year here. 
ouch. And there have been kind of a lot of subliminal shots thrown at Jeremy Colleton and how poorly he ran this team when he was the head coach. I mean, even going to Blackhawks practice and watching some of the stuff they were doing, the drills, they were just so inefficient and it just didn't really make sense what he was trying to do. There was the wonky uh, man-to-man style defense that he ran in the SHL that just never worked over here in the NHL on the smaller ice. So pretty clear. I think we all knew Jeremy Colleton was in over his head when he took this job. And we've heard a couple of uh, messages from his former players that would suggest the same. I thought it was interesting to hear Caleb kind of throw him under the bus there. Uh, Not the first and probably not the last comment we'll hear similar to that. And then the third thing, kind of a two-parter here, Connor Murphy and Seth Jones, two guys who have played for the United States in the world championships in the years past. Uh, Seth Jones officially said that he will not play for Team USA this year at the World Championships, and I believe he was the captain for Team USA last year. Connor Murphy has yet to make a decision. He is getting married, though, so I wouldn't be too surprised if he elects to skip out on that tournament. Congrats to Murph, by the way, for getting married this summer, along with Blackhawks forward Jujar Kara. He also has plans to tie the knot this summer as well, so congratulations to those two. But as far as Jones and Murphy go, it feels pretty clear right now that if there's a member of this Blackhawks team that's going to be the next captain of the organization. Now that, yeah, we officially know Jonathan Taves isn't going to be coming back after 16 years, 15 as the Blackhawks captain, I believe. Um, These are the two guys that are the front runners that are on the roster right now to be the next captain. Personally, I would probably lean with Seth Jones. I know Connor Murphy's been here longer, but if the Blackhawks want to name one of these two captain, I I think... Look, they're, they're in two different spots. Seth Jones is tied up for the long haul. He's going to be here for the full process of the rebuild. Connor Murphy could be too, but as a little bit of an older guy, I think this is the question the Blackhawks have to answer. Do they want to risk naming Murphy captain, even though he could only be here for two to three more years? And look, you don't want to be just throwing captaincies all around. Seth Jones is a little bit more personally for me tied into this rebuild, but I also don't think it would be a mistake by the Blackhawks to kind of wait a couple of years, let some of these younger players step onto the scene and then see who really emerges as the leader of that group. It honestly could be someone that's not even at the professional level yet that could be the Blackhawks' next captain. I personally think that's the right route to go with because you don't want to just rush into a decision, especially after a captain like Jonathan Taves. You don't just want to go naming anyone the next captain, not to say Seth Jones and Connor Murphy or anyone. No, I think both of them are deserving of the C. I just think it's going to be uh, probably a smarter decision from the Blackhawks to kind of give it a year or two before just rushing someone in uh, into Jonathan Taze's shoes, which are obviously some enormous shoes to fill. We heard both Connor Murphy and Seth Jones say that in their exit interviews. But one thing to keep in mind as the Blackhawks do, excuse me, I got the coffee hiccups, do move on throughout this offseason. Are they going to want to name a captain this summer? Are they going to want to patiently go about it these next few years? I personally think that's the right way to do it. And then last thing I wanted to mention from the exit interviews are some key dates to keep in mind now that the Blackhawks are in offseason mode. First, the NHL draft lottery is the first order of business for the Hawks this offseason. That will take place on May 8th. So, Kind of quietly creeping up here, Blackhawks fans. Of course, they have the third third best chance 
of getting that number one overall pick. It's all going to go down on May 8th. Then June 4th through June 10th will be the NHL scouting combine leading up to the NHL draft, which will be held from June 28th to June 29th in Nashville. Then development camp actually is It's going to be a quick turnaround for the Blackhawks this year for development camp. The second day of the NHL draft is June 29th. Development camp begins on June 30th and will run through July 6th. I think that was a pretty similar case last year. It was kind of a quick turnaround for the draftees, but kind of a cool, you know, experience right after the draft to see some of these guys in action. I always love development camp. Really excited to be back down there this year. Then, of course, NHL free agency kicks off on July 1st, the craziest day of the offseason. Then that's when it kind of leads to a hiatus for the remainder of the summer with the Blackhawks rookie camp. This year, it'll be held in Minnesota after it was held in Chicago this past year. That'll take place from September 13th through September 17th. And then training camp for the Blackhawks will officially begin on September 21st. So there's your schedule of key dates to keep in mind for the NHL offseason, folks. Coming up in just a moment, I will go over my predictions for the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs. But first, I need to talk to you all about Athletic Greens and their new AG1 product, which is something I take every single morning, whether it's before the show, I just had it you know, probably 30 minutes ago to give me my energy that I need or whether I'm going on the golf course with some of my buddies. I want to get that edge and take every advantage possible in order to be on my A game and ready to go every single morning. And that's exactly what one scoop of AG1 does for you. Because with just one scoop, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, probiotics, and more to help you start your day. And this special blend of ingredients, folks, is incredible. It supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, and even your aging. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is recommended by both professional athletes and health experts. Plus, it costs you less than $3 per day, which is such a cheap and easy way to invest in both your health and your body. To make it easy for all you out there, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is go and visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, we're back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Real quick, before I get into segment two, I do want to let all you listeners know out there, we got some awesome stuff coming up here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As I mentioned last week, coming up in the next couple of days, probably Thursday if I had to guess, I'm going to be dedicating an episode strictly to my favorite Jonathan Taves moments of all time. And listen, I want you all out there as well to go and comment down below as to your favorite Jonathan Taves moment, or maybe an underrated moment that not many people remember. I'm going to be talking about all of them. I'm sure there'll be some that I forget myself. So please go and remind me of some more Jonathan Taves moments down below in the comment section. I'll make sure to go over all of them whenever I cover that episode. Plus, I also am going to be dropping some interviews with Rockford Ice Hogs players Ryder Rolston and Alec Regula here in the next probably couple of hours, honestly. And with the offseason being back, I am going to start up my season recap segment that I always do when the offseason starts. So lots of good stuff coming up here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Make sure to keep an eye out for all of that. All right, segment two. 
Let's talk about the 2023 Stanley Cup playoffs, which of course got underway last night. I wanted to um, get an epi- get this episode out yesterday, but I was a little preoccupied with getting those interviews done with Ryder Rolston and Alec Regula, editing some of that stuff. And by the time I finished up, it was late at night. So I figured I'll drop this here in the morning. I promise though, even though the Stanley Cups have already begun, I'm going to stick to my guns, stick with my picks that I made prior to the start of the postseason. So uh, here's what I got. And honestly, you know, knock on wood, but since I've been the host of this podcast, my Stanley Cup predictions have not been all that shabby. Two years ago, I correctly p- predicted the Tampa Bay Lightning to uh, go back to back and win the Stanley Cup for a second consecutive year. I also picked them to win it all last season again for the three-peat. Of course, they ultimately wound up falling short in the Stanley Cup final to the champion Colorado Avalanche, but I've at least had, you know, one team in the Stanley Cup final each of the last two years with the champion right two years ago. So hopefully I can keep on that role and hey, maybe I'll have uh, the champion right once again this year. So starting off in the Eastern Conference, of course, we have the Boston Bruins. And the Florida Panthers game one last night was a low scoring affair with the Bruins coming out on top. I don't think anyone would be surprised by this. I picked the Boston Bruins in five. I think they're just too complete all over the place. They're going to win at least one series. Spoiler alert. I have them going decently far. Uh, I have the Bruins winning this opening series against the Panthers in five games. Then the Carolina Hurricanes, of course, are taking on the New York Islanders, which feels like it could be an absolute snoozer of an opening round series based on how the Islanders like to play. Carolina is also a really solid defensive team as well. Uh, The Canes wound up winning last night's game two to one. I had them winning the series in six games anyway. I just think the Islanders don't score enough. They've also had a lot of third period issues this season. I know what they can do defensively and what they have in net in uh, Ilya Sorokin, but I think the Carolina Hurricanes are a team that has a lot of playoff experience these last few years. They've struggled to get over that hurdle, but I do think Uh, they are going to win this opening round series. Then this is my favorite first round series in the Eastern Conference, the New York Rangers and the New Jersey Devils. I know the Devils had a really strong season, but personally this time of year, I just think experience trumps all. Now, would I be surprised if the Devils went on to win a playoff series or two? No, absolutely not. But I still think as a group, they're a little bit too young and inexperienced together to go on a Stanley Cup winning type of run. And I think the Rangers have that experience in their deep everywhere. They're deep at forward. They're deep at defensemen. They have, you know, arguably the best goaltender in the entire world and Igor Shosturkin. To me, all signs point to the New York Rangers finding a way to win this series. I'm going with the Rangers in six games. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs and Tampa Bay Lightning, of course, seems to always be an interesting first round series between these two teams last year. Uh, the Leafs wind up blowing it once again. Could this be the year where they finally get over that hump and get into the second round? Unfortunately, I'm going to say no, as you've all heard. Uh, I picked the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the Stanley Cup the last two years. I have a lot of confidence in this group. They really do remind me of the dynasty dynasty era Chicago Blackhawks where they know it doesn't matter what seed they are. They just have to get in. They have the experience and the knowledge of how to get it done in that locker room. They have Andre Vasilevsky. They have the core, Nikita Kucherov, Braden Point, Steven Stamkos, Victor Hedman, Mikhail Sergachev took a massive leap this season. Uh, I'm sorry, I know Toronto had a phenomenal year. I just can't pick them 
in the first round. I've seen this seen this movie too many times. I'm going with the Tampa Bay Lightning, winning another heartbreaker in Game 7. Then out in the Western Conference, a heck of an opening game in uh, the series between the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild, with Minnesota coming away with a 3-2 overtime victory. Doesn't look all that good for my picks because I took the Stars in six games here in my opening round series. I've I was one of the few people who was really high on the stars coming into this year. I've always thought the defensive, the D and goaltender combo that they have, it's one of the best in the entire league. And when you have that, I think you always have a chance. And Jake Ottinger took a massive step this year, built off the momentum that he had following the Stanley cup playoffs last season. I think the stars are going to ride those two, but tough for them to drop the opening game of this series at home and fall behind one to nothing. I do still have the stars winning in six. Then a very, very intriguing opening round series, a rematch from the opening round of last year between the Edmonton Oilers and the Los Angeles Kings. Excuse me, man, the hiccups are killing me. I've seen a lot of people say the winner of this series is who could come out of the Western Conference. Yeah, I mean, the West is... So up for grabs. Last year, the Kings kind of shocked everyone and took this into a game seven before Connor McDavid eventually took over. I think it's just the same kind of fate this year. I think the Kings can play that bottled up, boring style. They can keep it tight, but at the end of the day, it's Connor McDavid. It's Leon Dreisaitl. I think this is as good of a chance for the Oilers as they've had so far under Connor McDavid's helm. I think they get the job done in seven games once again. Then we have the opening round matchup between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Winnipeg Jets. Absolutely disgusted by how the Jets played down the stretch. I know they wound up uh, getting in thanks to some help from, you know, the Calgary Flames folding late, the Nashville Predators folding late. Um, yeah, I'm going with uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in five here. I have no confidence in the Jets right now. Although if they do get some momentum and can play at home, it's a tough place to play. I just don't see it happening. So I'm going with Vegas in five. And then the defending Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche have a tough opening round series against the Seattle Kraken. One of the biggest surprises in the NHL this season. I do think the Kraken can hang with the Avs. Uh, obviously, they're without captain Gabriel Landeskog for the entirety of the playoffs, which is a very big loss for them. But I do still think they have the talent to get by the Kraken in the first round. I could see this being very similar to the Oilers-Kings uh, series from last year. I do think Seattle can fight, and maybe they force a Game 7. I just don't know if they are able to beat the Avs four times in seven games. I'm going with Colorado in six. Then, skipping on over the second round, I'm going to my conference finals. In the West, I have, and this is why it's a little sketchy, I have the Dallas Stars making the Western Conference Final, taking on the Edmonton Oilers, look, I said, I think this is as good and as uh, open of a path for the Oilers to get to the Stanley Cup final as they've seen so far uh, since McDavid and Dreisaitl have been superstars in this league. I, I think it's a really good opportunity for them. I'm going with the Edmonton Oilers in six games coming out of the Western Conference. Then in the Eastern Conference final, I'm going with the Boston Bruins and the New York Rangers, an awesome, fire-powered, Original six matchup in the Eastern Conference Final. 
Ultimately, I do think the New York Rangers are going to shock the Boston Bruins after having the best regular season in NHL history. None of that ever matters. In fact, the President's Trophy winner very rarely goes on to win the Stanley Cup. That's what makes hockey so awesome. I don't see the Boston Bruins as good as they are. It's hard to win the Stanley Cup. It's just, it's a different time of season, different type of game. Sure, they had a lot of success in the regular season, but doesn't always translate to the summer months. So I'm going with the New York Rangers in seven games, taking down the beast that is the Boston Bruins. In the final, I have the Edmonton Oilers meeting up with the New York Rangers. That would be excellent news for the Chicago Blackhawks, by the way. That would give them an extra first-round pick if the Rangers are able to reach the conference finals at least. It would also do the Blackhawks some good if the Toronto Maple Leafs eliminated the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. That would do them some good. Um, but yeah, in the Stanley cup, I got Edmonton meeting up with the Rangers. Ultimately, I think this is McDavid's time to shine. I'm going with the Edmonton Oilers in seven games over the New York Rangers in the Stanley cup. It feels bold. I know I don't love the Edmonton Oilers having Stuart Skinner in that defense to win a Stanley cup. But like I said, I just think this is a very good path for them to get to the Stanley cup. Are they going to have enough in the tank to win it? I don't know. The Eastern conference has been the more dominant. Uh, of the two leagues all season long. I don't know. Something in my gut is just telling me it's the Edmonton Oilers time to shine. Last year, McKinnon got over the hump to get his Stanley Cup. I think Connor McDavid with the year that he's having. I know the Edmonton Oilers uh, are, are not the deepest of teams, but the way McDavid is playing, I really do think he can carry that team to at least the conference finals. And when you get that far, you always got a chance. So we'll see how my predictions go this year. Let's see if they uh, stay consistent like the last couple of years. Edmonton Oilers over the New York Rangers in seven games. All right, before I wrap up today's show, I also have to be sure to talk about the Blackhawks minor league affiliate Rockford Icehogs picking up a big-time win in their season finale over the Milwaukee Admirals to get into the playoffs for the second consecutive year. And it's a good thing they picked up a win in that final game of the season because they actually needed it in order to qualify because both the Chicago Wolves and the Iowa Wild also picked up a point in the final game of the season. But thanks to the Ice Hogs getting that dub, puts them one point ahead of the Chicago Wolves for that final playoff spot. I got to say, though, a heck of a run by the Wolves down the stretch. Just a couple of weeks ago, it looked like that their chances of qualifying for the Calder Cup playoffs were, you know, slim to none, and they managed to go on a run towards the end of the year, making things, you know, putting the pressure on the Rockford Ice Hogs on the final day of the season. Ultimately, though, the Wolves end up coming one point shy of the Ice Hogs for the final playoff spot. So for the second consecutive year, the Ice Hogs will be taking part of the best of three play-in series to get into the first round of the Calder Cup playoffs. Last year, they were able to defeat the Texas Stars in two games this year. They will be taking on the Iowa Wild. That series begins tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central Time puck drop at uh, BMO Harris Bank Center in Rockford. Games two and three, though, will transition over to Iowa as they wound up finishing fourth in the Central Division while the Ice Hogs finished fifth. They did have the same amount of points, but Iowa held the tiebreaker, giving them home ice advantage for games two and game three, if that is necessary. And in the regular season, by the way, folks, these two teams had 
a ton of close meetings against one another. They actually faced off 12 times in the regular season. The Ice Hogs had a record of 5-2-3-2, three overtime losses, two shootout losses, and seven of those 12 meetings, folks, went into overtime. Just think about that. Out of the 12 games that the Ice Hogs and the Wild played in the regular season, seven of them reached overtime. Yeah, so a lot of close battles uh, between these two teams in the regular season should make for a very close and competitive uh, best of three play in series. By the way, the winner of that series will go on to face off with the Texas Stars in uh, a best of five divisional semifinal series. The Texas Stars wound up as uh, the top seed in the Central Division, so they will take on the lowest seed available after the play in series, aka the winner of the Rockford Ice Hogs or the Iowa Wild. Um, yeah, it's, I'm very happy that the ice hogs, I didn't put the jinx on them at the end of the season by going over, <clears throat> excuse me, going over my update. Um, so yeah, they're in the play in series for the second consecutive year. Last year, they were able to, uh, advance out of that series, winning both games against the Texas stars before falling to the eventual Calder cup champion, Chicago wolves in the first round, but excited to see the ice hogs, you know, they've been playing some of their best hockey here as of late one, five of their final seven games to get into the Calder cup playoffs. They got, you know, Lucas Reichel and Alex Vlasic back. Joey Anderson was sent down to join this group. Buddy Robinson was returned as well. Uh, it feels like Rockford is, you know, starting to get some momentum in their sales and they've also got the group back together for the first time in quite a while, honestly. So I like the vibes that the Ice Hogs are carrying headed into these Calder Cup playoffs, which, as I mentioned, again, begin on Wednesday. And listen, I know it's not the Stanley Cup playoffs and it's not the most intriguing hockey to watch, but I really do think it's important and that you know, all you Blackhawks fans should be tuned in because, as I just mentioned, there's several players down there that the organization has high hopes for these next couple of seasons. Lucas Reichel, uh, Arvid Soderblom is going to be anchoring this team in net. Uh, Isaac Phillips, Alex Vlasic, Alec Regula, Philip Ruse, uh, Joey Anderson was sent down. Michael Tepley is an interesting forward that I've always wanted to keep an eye on. So there's lots of important pieces moving forward that are worth keeping an eye on throughout these Calder Cup playoffs. So I'm super excited for the Ice Hogs postseason to kick off here tomorrow night, and hopefully I'll be covering a very long and successful Calder Cup playoff run right here on Locked On Blackhawks. All right, I think that is going to take care of Tuesday, April 18th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you all again for tuning into the show, and make sure if you haven't done already to go in Follow the show 100% for free wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. That way you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out on YouTube each and every day. Once again, thank you all for tuning into today's show. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at Jack Bushman 2 or you can also go and check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. So until tomorrow's episode, that's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.